Hello and welcome to Society Owes Me, a Gen X podcast. Hey, Hannah, how are you? I'm very well, Lily. How are you? I'm all right. Surviving. I'm good. <laughs> good. Um, are we excited? Part two. We're back. It's part happening. Part two. Part two. Or part three, actually, you might even it's say. part three. <laughs> part yes. two B. It's yeah, we- so sad. RIP part two, because it was lost to the great podcast in the sky yeah we had a little whipsy but we're back to to relive part two things could be worse right, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> yeah I mean it's been about a week we've probably forgotten everything we said so pardon us if we repeat ourselves because we really don't know what we said in the first part well yeah. we do vaguely but but hey it's a great excuse to listen to one of our favorite Pearl Jam songs right it is okay it is let's do it Breath by Pearl Jam. So yeah, we left you at the end of part one with um, Janet preparing her salad and talking to herself about calling Cliff. Um, Yes. And now we are panning across Cliff's bedroom wall, which is plastered with pictures of naked hourglass Amazon women. Yeah, those kind of um, hair metal band groupy slut types. Right. Which prompts Janet to ask, <laughs> yeah. Which prompts Janet to ask, "Are my are my boobs too small for you?" And Cliff, in his green river T-shirt, replies <laughs> wrongly sometimes. <laughs> and she it's doesn't actually, love him. <laughs> it's actually a genius response when you think about it. <laughs> it's not saying yes. <laughs> he doesn't want to lie. Yeah, I think it's there was rare. only one correct answer there, wasn't there? No. I don't know. Is Cliff an honest person? He kind of is. Delusional, yes. A dick, yes. But he's kind of honest. Yeah, okay. Fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. <laughs> but nevertheless, just... <laughs> she she ends up at the implant clinic, doesn't she? Yes. But I mean, you know, ladies, please, 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 please don't go and get surgery because your boyfriend thinks that your boobs are sometimes too small. I mean... It's a sad comment. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that this happened in the early 90s is even more tragic. Time to switch boyfriends, really, than, than boob sizes, right? 100%. Yes. So, um, what have we got it's next? It's playing at that moment. I never clicked to that. Yeah, in the Cliff's bedroom wall. Yeah, just for a bit. Uh, we'll have a bit more again later, though. Fret not. Um, and then the next song that we've got coming up is um, Touch Me, I'm Dick, again. So this is when Janet is dancing in the kitchen in her face mask and she caves in and she does call Cliff. <laughs> yeah. At least she, right. she means to call Cliff. <laughs> yes. But she does the wrong number and ends up talking to a Thomas A. Doyle, <laughs> a.k.a. Tad. Let's see why she'd be rocking out. So this is the Who's actual touch me on this it is, but who's playing the drums? Uh, oh, I don't know. No, have you got your? It can't be Eddie, can it? Because he's busy well, I don't think he can play the drums, can he? In real life. Well, I mean, he's supposed to be playing the drums, isn't he? In the, in, in the band. Um, no, it doesn't tell me in my notes here who's actually playing. It just says performed and produced by Citizen Dick. Oh, okay, maybe it's Matt Cameron. Yeah, it could be. 
don't know anything about when this got recorded, do you? Like these particular spoof tracks. No. No, I'm just looking at the, uh, at the CD notes, but no, there's nothing in there. No, we'll have to come Actually back to that. pretty good, I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're brilliant. We're supposed to think they're well dicks, but sorry. <laughs> Seems like everything Eddie Vedder touched in the early 90s is gold to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it can't be rubbish. It's pretty much Pearl Jam, isn't it? <laughs> it's 100 for them. Most of them. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, um, what happens next? Um, oh, it feels like so long ago that I watched this now. <laughs> it was only like two weeks ago the last time. Um, oh, we've got, um, oh, they're back in the Java stop, aren't they? And, um, Debbie is talking about how Linda wants drama and wants excitement. And then Linda's talking to her mate about how she doesn't want drama and she doesn't want excitement. Yeah. No. Um, and Steve's annoyed her, and it cuts to cuts to her cleaning the toilet with her with his blue t shirt that he was looking for. Yeah, is um, this so? This is the bit where he has decided not to call because his friend is like, "No, no, no, that's not what you want to do," type thing. Yeah, they're both kind of getting bad exa- bad advice, aren't they, from their friends? Right. Do you know um, this is very reminiscent of Sleepless in Seattle? Do you remember that? Uh, I do. Not very well. Several eaters around Seattle, <laughs> and yeah, and and you know, he's getting advice, and obviously Meg Ryan's getting advice from their friends, and all they that kind just of thing. Following their instincts. Yeah, it's kind of reminiscent. Yeah, of that whole thing, and there's some amazing locations in Seattle in yeah. Sleepless in Seattle, which is probably. I mean, for all the normal reasons, but it makes it look like a lot more of an appealing place to visit, I think. Maybe that's just because I'm now middle-aged. an appealing place to visit. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying you don't see a lot of it in singles. A lot of it's set, you know, interiors. Yeah, true. Walk outside places and stuff. Yeah, you've got Pike Place and you've got the, see the needle a few times, don't you? Um, but yeah, no, I, I I get what you mean. You don't get those sort of you know panning across the cityscapes and stuff as you as you do with Sleeps in Seattle. Yeah, like it's more like Friends. Remember, like between yeah. scenes in Friends, there'd just be a random flat iron building shot. And then, yeah, fair, yeah. fair, fair. Anyway, Although not they, not that I'm criticizing singles, of course. The Capitol Hill seems quite quite nice. They've got the is it Capitol Hill? They've got the big sort of tower thing on it, and they're sitting. I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, I'm just crapping. You're a lucky one. Rubbish at <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Um, right, okay. So we've got uh, we've got Debbie's video. Oh, yes. Yeah, so video's got her video of uh, – Debbie's got her video of her suitors back, hasn't she? So um, – Oh, yeah. <laughs> we – oh, no, hang on. I'm getting confused. Is that it? Yes, come to come to where the flavour is, come to Devi's country, and that's where we have a bit of Dig for Fire by the Pixies. Right, which I can help you out with right now. We nearly saw the Pixies this year, didn't we, Anna? But then we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, roll on 2021. We might Thanks, see the Bruna. Takes a minute to get um, going, doesn't it? A little bit. 
I think the first time we recorded this, I pointed out that I'm not a mad fan of the pixies, but I like this one. Yeah, I like them. They're not in my top ten, but I like them. I was very much looking forward. Got a top ten? Well, now I know what X is going to be about. <laughs> really? Anna's top ten nineties fans. Yeah, no, no, no. What about top ten nineties cracks? I, d- I don't know what that's got to do with X. I don't know what you're alluding to, Lily. Because we're Gen <laughs> X podcast. Oh, right. It's I not thought... podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> I just outed myself. I thought you were referring to the silly way that I used to spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. It did not cross my mind. Cut that bit out, yeah. Anyway, Pixies. Um... But thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely doing that. Hannah's fanzine. <laughs> Right, okay. Have we got a bit of um, overblown? Mud Honey's overblown. Yeah, oh, we get, we're just running straight on, are we? Unless you really want to listen to the Pixies longer, which I'm happy to do. I was mildly rocking out, but yeah. I'm, um, Carry on. I'm, I'm finding that. I'm looking for that. Okay, so yeah, so I, this comes on, I think, every time that Debbie does her video thing. It's like the intro, I think, for her video. I don't think I do have it, actually. That's the one I couldn't get. Probably because Mud Honey and Mark Arm, um, check out the uh, M episode. If you haven't heard that, um, and it's all about being non-corporate and everything like that, so maybe he's just refusing to release that one. I don't know. Oh, okay. I can't seem to find it. Could be. Everybody loves us. Uh, that's how right. it goes. It epitomizes the entire Seattle scene thing. So sorry about that. It but does. Hannah, I- take it away. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I can't remember. I might have mentioned this in the in part one, but um, it reminds me of um, Hull's Rockstar or Olympia. Um, and I always kind of think that Mark is referring to you know, sort of what Courtney's talking about in in, in terms of how, you know, how Olympia was really trendy. Like, you know, that's where the riot girl scene came from and da, da, da. um and I kind of yeah liken it to mud honey then kind of feeling a bit you know Seattle's exploded but yeah, yeah. do you know Taking what I mean the piss out of it, being sarcastic yeah. as Mark yeah. um, does only too well um okay so next we have one of the one of the fake songs uh one of the citizen dick numbers um which is spoon man and Apparently, the names of the fake tracks were um, um, had been invented by Jeff Ament, but then Chris Cornell went off with them and came back with like an EP. I love it. <laughs> Didn't you say that this was um, this is based on a guy who played the spoons somewhere? Yes. I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> Actually, this was later. Um, this was a sound Soundgarden track, not uh, Chris Cornell. So, yeah, exactly. There you go. Yes, there was a guy who played the spoons, um, and people would kind of take the piss and stuff. But Chris Cornell thought he was actually really amazing and percussionist, or whatever you call someone that plays the spoons really well, and uh, didn't think he was getting the credit he deserved. So, although it was a dumb fake 
title for a song, he made it real, which is very cute. I love it. It's brilliant. And I think when this is uh, playing in the film, Cliff is putting up CD, uh, putting up his uh, Citizen Dick posters on telephone yes. poles. Oh, and- yeah, with that, big, with that big staple gun. Yeah, the staple gun. I want to own one of those. I don't need one. I really want one. I you only see him bashing yeah. it into the <laughs> telephone pole. Yeah, they had them at school. It was, uh, yeah, it was always a treat to be the one that was allowed to staple stuff with the gun to the wall in the arts barn. Yeah, yeah. We do like a tool. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> do you know I got a Dremel for Christmas? A what? A Dremel. I, I don't even know what that is. A Dremel, it's like um, the drill, but then it comes with all these different accessories. Very small, fine little things where you can sand things and... Um, Brilliant. Just, Sounds like you're in your element with that. I, I am. have no idea what to do with a Dremel. <laughs> but I've learned something today. It's fantastic. I might even put a picture of it up on Instagram. Please I've been do. borrowing my dad's for a few years. I want to see what you create with it. But yeah, the posters yeah. that Cliff's putting up, um, the support act, the Citizen Dick, is Sweetwater. So um, fast forward yeah, yeah. 10 years later, and you've got Stillwater in Almost Famous. Coincidence? Right. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Plus, Mike McCready is in Stillwater in terms of the musical tracks. He's not in the movie. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know that until, uh, oh, check out C for high school where we do talk about Almost Famous quite a lot. We do. We love it. We love Cameron Crowe. That's why we're here. Hopefully that's why you are too. I mean, imaginary listener. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So Spoon Man and then we switch to the Java Stop again. And, oh, I don't know. I think this might be Uh, uh, one of my uh. (laughs) favourite scenes in this film ever or favourite scene in a film ever. Of course, they are looking at their review from the evening before and uh, Cliff Cliff says I don't want to hear anything negative <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's followed man. by yeah. the best expression I've ever seen close up he does like it's so Keanu Reeves in Point Break <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves meets Joey from Friends that's what it looks like <laughs> totally vacant um yeah I mean, yeah Eddie does some pretty good acting his expression is priceless yeah. it's great Confused. But also slightly alarmed. <laughs> it's so sweet. Like they just, they don't want to offend. So <laughs> like, isn't it all three of them are kind of like reading the review sort of, you know, in the heads kind of half sort of muttering, muttering it. Mm. I think um, they're managing it, Hannah. Yeah, <laughs> they're managing the diva. <laughs> um, it's great. It's absolutely great. And they just, yeah. And you can read the whole thing on um, theuncool.com, which is Cameron Crowe's website if you want to read the whole thing or you could just pause your old VHS cassette (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could never do that actually could you you could never do that with the VHS because you'd get the blurry lines through it when you paused it I don't think they actually um, really good one I don't think you can actually see the whole um the whole thing on the screen anyway but uh oh so you've done a bit of pausing (laughs) yeah yeah I've tried but then it's actually in the um uh in the lovely singles original motion picture soundtrack deluxe edition that you gave me, so um, it's there. I can uh, oh, yeah. snap it and That's stick right. it on the uh, on yeah, the socials I later. To, I had to, yeah, I had to root about online for it. <laughs> um, it's very funny. 
if, if you got this review, you would probably jump off the nearest bridge, to be honest. But okay, so <laughs> unless did you want to hear un- wasting unless <laughs> Um, uh, do, do I? No, that's not next anyway. Uh, oh, is it? Oh, no, I just thought yeah, you'd no, like to right. hear it and know how much you enjoy. Well, <laughs> go on then. Go on. Am I playing it or not playing it? Yeah, you can play a little bit. <laughs> a few bars. <laughs> Again. It does just, it's, in ways it's become the movie, hasn't it? Yeah. It also sounds a lot like Reflected Heart. My ears. Well, they're very similar qualities. Yeah. Yeah. See where you go with that. Pretty much the same time. So All with right, that, we're moving to Blue's Seattle. We're into into the next chapter. Although we've skipped a little bit after um we've got the uh we've we've got the doctor surgery again with the whole are you his Miss Right Miss Maybe thing, and then mm-hmm. we've got um. The other lovely scene with of Eddie and Jeff and Cliff are watching that nature documentary. <laughs> yeah. With the wasps or bees. Yeah. And then Cliff, Cliff gets dumped, I think. No, he's about to get dumped. Yeah. Okay. And then we have Blue Seattle. Um, oh, yeah. Because I think on the first... Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, Blue Seattle. So yeah, we've got Linda, Linda, we've got the postcard that keeps coming up. Did we talk about the postcard already in part one? I don't know. The kissing in it the rain. It does come up a few times, so I think we could fairly reasonably do it again. So I've got, I can't remember exactly what happens. Is it like, is Linda looking at the postcard picture? He has it. He's he got has it. it in his kitchen. Oh, That's maybe it. we were talking about it. Keeps it keeps coming up. In my notes, I've got Linda, postcard pit, school calls Steve, and then kissing in the rain. Yes. Like the postcard. Like she, <laughs> when she first goes to his apartment, she sees it in his apartment and she says, oh, you have this, I have this. That's right. And then, yeah, it reminds her of him and then she wants to contact him again. That's it. So they've got back together, haven't they, at this point? And they have the pregnancy tests. Um, <gasps> My favorite yeah. bit with Doug Hughley. Yeah. In the store. <laughs> Yeah, Doug Hughley in Mr. Deegan's class. Little uh, little yes. nod to Fast Times there. I mean, I know everyone's getting cancelled left, right and centre and Jeremy Piven, if he hasn't been already, is probably about going him. to be. <laughs> There's always been stories about how he's just, he's a bit of a oddball, shall we say? Yeah. And he was uh, John Cusack's sidekick for the longest time. And I think the story there is that John Cusack went to a kind of a drama school, and Jeremy Piven's parents ran it. Oh, wow. And they became best friends back in Chicago, I think. I think that's true. Oh, okay. um, and then John Cusack's, you know, career famously took off because of Cameron Crowe, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Piv has never showed up in any of Cameron Crowe's movies, I don't think, until now. Upon and this one. John Cusack isn't. So maybe this was post- Oh, okay. Well, apparently his whole bit in this was improvised as well. Yeah, he's really funny. I, I, there's not much Jeremy Piven has done that I don't think is hilarious. To be, to be honest, I mean he's Gross Point Plank, uh, Blank. He's amazing in um, Entourage. I only watched it because he was in it. Oh, I haven't and watched he it. Doesn't disappoint. He is hilariously 
just completely uh, psychotic as the agent. And he's perfect. Can you imagine him as a Hollywood agent? He's just amazing in it. Maybe I need to give it another go. I watched the pilot and I just wasn't loving it. But yeah, I mean, I've heard so much. Maybe I'll uh, I'll go back now that I've pretty much watched all of Netflix. Thanks, Corona. <laughs> you but can yeah. go on YouTube and see Ari Gold's best bits or the best of Ari Gold, which is the character he plays in Entourage. And it's fantastic someone's done all the hard work for you don't bother right. with the rest of the plot although it's it's i mean it's also don't need to watch it <laughs> but he's okay. just great he's I've just fantastic. noted it down i love him i didn't even know who he was i don't think like i wasn't aware of him in other things when i watched singles for the first time he does have a great line in this though <laughs> you're the only man i know who can mix up elvis costello <laughs> and public enemy <laughs> <laughs> i know that is impressive. <laughs> and then he does an impression of it, which is hard to do. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So then we have, the yeah. So then we have, um, oh yeah, the pregnancy test uh, scene. And this, oh, th this is when Steve is wearing the Mud Honey t-shirt. And I think we talked already about you, um, your hair issues with this film. Um yes. And I yeah, this, <laughs> this, this is this is Steve with his very neat hair wearing a mud honey t-shirt with sub pop on the back, and it just looks really incongruous. Um, yeah, you know, we didn't up. talk about though actually. Um, was this is completely unrelated? I'm so sorry, but the um, the guy, the sub pop guy, was one of Debbie's Bruce Pavitt. Yeah, yeah, we haven't come. Yeah, that's Debbie's. that's coming up next actually. We've got, um, oh, I nearly sorry, lost I you. Um, so, so I nearly lost you, Screaming Trees, next. And then we we, we go on to Debbie's Men. Do you want to um, load yep. up a bit of Nearly Lost You? Yes, here it is. So I think this is when they're doing the pregnancy test. And then it cuts to Debbie's Men Who Want Me video. It's really funny. What is? I just don't remember that. And normally, yeah, normally the song will take you back to a specific part of the movie. <laughs> I've just listened to the, yeah, probably because I've listened it. to the soundtrack so much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love oh, this song. Fun. I really, really love this song. And I, I've, I've also got in my uh, to-do list that I must read Mark Lanigan's biography because you keep recommending it so highly. Oh, yeah. So this is the, yeah, where I did tell you that it's on YouTube. And it's a mere 11 hours long and it's narrated by Mark Lanigan himself. <laughs> so you can't say better than that, can you? Yeah, no, fair You've enough. Got 11 hours, haven't you? Fair enough. Right after Entourage. <laughs> or, or possibly just before. Uh, but yeah, I love this. His voice is so gravelly. It's just, um, I really love this song. It's brilliant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's, yes. I think um, I have a quote from Pace Magazine that described the band as crafting dingy, booze soaked guitar rock to the backdrop of Mark Lanigan's gravelly voice. Yeah. Pretty fair. much says it. Nailed, nailed it. Anyway, that biography is called, autobiography is called Sing Backwards and Weep. If you're interested, it's a bloody good read, and there's a brilliant bit in it about Liam Gallagher and how Mark Lanigan made him shit your pants. <laughs> you see, that's always worth a read. No spoilers, no spoilers. I am looking forward to hearing about that from Mark Lanigan's mouth. 
fantastic. Okay. So yeah, Debbie's men who want me then. We've got um, the bodybuilder. We've got Spyro the artist. We've got the strange <laughs> balloon guy. And then polo neck guy with the mud honey t-shirts in the background, which is, as you say, Bruce Pavitt of Sub Pop. Yeah. And, um, and then finally, bicycle guy. Yes. Which, as it turns out, is a guy who's in 30-something. Oh, really? have been highly desirable for a woman of the times who was maybe in her late 20s, early 30s at the time. Yeah, yes. I don't really get the bicycle guy thing. Neither doesn't, do I. Doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Neither do I. But sometimes I wonder if it's just really different. I remember watching Sex in the City and any time they were like, oh, he's cute, I'd be thinking, ew, what? I mean, I literally never agreed with them apart from maybe Smith. I know you didn't watch it, but still. Don't, don't <laughs> kind of get it at all, No. But like I said, I think it's more of a, if you knew his character in 30-something, then maybe. You know how that can happen. Yeah. Like you'll see them and you'll, and you'll be like, how the hell did he get the romantic lead? But then you watch it and you're like, oh, okay, it's definitely, you know, personality going through. I don't know, that kind of thing. So maybe that's what it was. But maybe. I, I completely agree with you. From the perspective of a young teenage person, <laughs> we're like, Mm-mm. but they don't end up together anyway, do they? Because um, they end up in different restaurants by mistake, and then the dating agency gives Bike Guy. Um, this is BS. Uh, what the face is Debbie's Debbie's address? Like, who does that? So irresponsible. Yeah. Hello, serial killers, and you know how many there are around that kind of area, the northwest of. America, I'm just saying, it's true. Don't. Yeah, I mean, he could be a psycho and kill this. you, or he could end up right. making popcorn with your housemate. Ham. <laughs> yes. We, we always had separate lives. Pam. <laughs> Pam, what a cow. Oh, because otherwise, <laughs> that was really random. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I so just, anyway, then. You no, know, can I just say that actress, I just saw her in a show that my husband's watching. Who's that, Pam? Go- Ghosted? Yeah. I'm not watching it, but he is. Anyway, she looks almost exactly the same. It's frightening. Oh, wow. Good on her. She's having work, but I have to say it's fairly good work. Good work, She's nearly 60. She looks incredible. Well, Um, maybe maybe Bike Guy got her bicycling. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Exercise. Keeps you young. (laughs) Uh, Right. What's up next? What's up next? Um, the theory of eternal dating. Was that another chapter? I don't know. I've got it written yes. in my notes. Was it a chapter? Yes, okay. So, new chapter. Oh, and it's the chili dog scene, which is making oh. me peckish. Yeah, Historic. and they decide to have a baby. And then they go to the cinema with the screaming kids and nearly decide not to have a baby. Um, and not being around screaming kids will put you off procreating, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um Oh, when then we have more breath. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Welcome to my life today. The screamathon. Um yeah, you can play breath again. Woo! All right. Never get to the end of it, but you know. Get thee to Spotify and listen to it. People. Oh, very good. But yeah, as this is playing, we have um we have the car accident. Yeah, it's yes. horrible. Um, yeah, and and Linda loses the baby, and then that's 
yeah, that's awful and sad. And then juxtaposed with a hilarious scene of the uh, of the car radio with Cliff trying to win Janet back over, installing that ridiculous sound system in her car, <laughs> blowing out the oh. car windows. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, Cameron Crowe confessed that he did used to do stuff like that as a love-struck youngster. <laughs> he didn't blow, blow, out, <laughs> blow out ladies' windows. <laughs> Hopefully no, not that part. No, the grand romantic gesture. Oh, and the more bless. inventive and, and maybe off the wall, the better. What's his thinking? Bless your little heart, Cameron. Um, I know. I don't want breath to stop, but as... As the car is being destroyed, we've got Jinx by Tad oh, okay. playing. I don't know if you want to play a little bit of that. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I will do when I find it. <laughs> Here it is. Cranked right up explosively. And of course, this is there. Um, uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It would do it. <laughs> you just get louder and louder. <laughs> uh, we should mention as well that this is where we, we get to see Chris Great. Cornell do his little goofy cameo. Oh, yeah. Silently. Look, yeah. It's so cute, though. He's sort of he moshes a bit and he just kind of looks. <laughs> yeah. Looks it just kind of goes on, goes goes back on his way again. But it's so weird to think that he was offered the part of Cliff. I mean, I just can't imagine that happening. No, no. He looks a little uncomfortable, actually. Has he acted in anything else? Do you know? No. Did he act? I should say. Um, oh, also, I do want to say about this this scene that I think Cliff's outfit at this point is just the best, even by Cliff standards, or even by you know Jeff, our favourite strawberry shortcake standards. He's got these yeah. plaid shorts, tights, leg warmers, and this double t-shirt cut off cut off at the sleeves. He, he just looks just hundred percent grunge. It's brilliant. I think I think they're actually boxer shorts. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think you might be right, actually. Yeah. Anything <laughs> goes in right. Seattle back in the early nineties, and okay. probably late eighties. Oh, so anyway, yeah, he resolves to replace the windows. <laughs> so is the next kind of bit when Steve is trying to take his mind off it and is watching Soundgarden at the club, but he's just kind of standing there, just sort of. Yeah, well, there's a little bit more of waiting for somebody because that plays all the time (laughs) in this film. It is the film, Hannah. Get over it. (laughs) You can't escape. But then, yeah, yeah, you're right. We have um, birth ritual in the club. This is heavy. I mean, I I didn't know Soundgarden before I heard this soundtrack. I didn't know them as a band, really. Um, And I always thought it was a little bit heavy for me. But I love it now. It's very heavy. Yeah. I think I probably felt the same, um, but I do really like it now it's good i love the sort of chainsaw yeah. guitars and yeah oh, are we moving in the wrong direction Hannah? are we are we getting more grungy like possibly metal? <laughs> yeah i think they call it midlife crisis <laughs> <laughs> be so lucky to be midlife love <laughs> anyway this is birth yeah so we see chris 
uh, again here and Kim of Soundgarden and Matt of yeah. Soundgarden or of Pearl Jam. The Matt Cameron as I now think of him thanks to his Instagram account. The Matt Cameron. The only. Come on, boys. Takes a while to warm up, doesn't it? It does. Didn't you tell me in this performance he asked Cameron, shirt on or shirt off? Yes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I think it's in this one, yeah. It is, yeah. Because he's doing his moshing thing. Yeah. Like standing aside the stage kind of thing. Yeah, shirt off was the correct answer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then this is where. um, yeah, what's his name? Um, Steve is, really? is um, Steve's calling Linda. Um, oh, from yeah, from what the... everyone thinks is the bathroom and isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he leaves proper... long. Yeah, he leaves a long message on her Oh, I love that message. I think oh. That's so romantic comedy, just gold. Yeah, and so nineties. The tape getting mangled to bits. <laughs> yeah, I was well fancy. We didn't even have one of those. Did you have one? The tape? Um, yeah, I think my parents had one. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah, yeah. We'd yeah I remember coming in and um, yeah, pressing the big clunky button that clicked to play back the messages. It must have been a cassette in there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I what did you just, have? Just, you you, you never got messages. <laughs> Ooh. You had a fax <laughs> machine, though. I know that your dad had a fax machine, <laughs> so you were pretty fancy. <laughs> he did. He likes um, technology toys and stuff, but I guess answer machine messages didn't mean anything to him. He probably had one at his office, so yeah. didn't need one at home. But yeah, you lot didn't. Anyway, I was usually sitting by the phone anyway. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> We've got a bit more. <laughs> Who are you waiting for? <laughs> waiting for joking. somebody. Uh, I was waiting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got a bit more Chris Cornell now with seasons. Yeah, oh, I love this one so much. It's it beautiful. beautiful. And no one, apparently, well, Cameron Crowe said no one knew he could do this until he put together this fake citizen dick ep thing and um, boy oh boy yeah, do yeah. It. it's actually a good poncier tape yeah and it's absolutely gorgeous yeah it doesn't feel like it should be on the cliff tape but no he excelled himself it was supposed to be kind of a joke and he just nailed it the other thing is this stands up i mean maybe i'm misspeaking here but i think this stands up today oh yeah it doesn't sound absolutely. 90s it's like a timeless kind of yeah no, Spooky ballad type thing. Yeah, it hasn't dated to my ears anyway. It's beautiful. Quite an earnest chap, wasn't he? Chris yeah. Feels wrong to uh, to talk over it, but. I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we but will. I'm gonna. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. R.I.P. Yeah, I can't remember what's actually happening at this point. Can you? I think he's going home and he's depressed and dejected. And oh, that's it. That would make sense. There's a hands in the pockets moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, it's January slash February for Steve. 
all you sad sufferers know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, Debbie, on the other hand, is off to Cabo because uh, she's found love, hasn't she? Is this when, yeah, she because waiting for somebody plays again. And um, Debbie's all loved up, I think, at this point. Yeah, is did, that right? Did, <laughs> yes. She met the son on the plane and yeah. That's it. That's it. And then, yeah, they've all kind of like their lives have moved on and Cliff is now the flower delivery guy in an Edie Sedgwick T-shirt. Um, so connection there with Kyra Sedg- Sedgwick. He, she was her second cousin or something like that. Yes. She's actually um, from one of those pioneer um, pilgrim families. Oh, really? She, yeah, she did this um, genealogy TV show with uh, oh, this well-respected historian, Louis Gates Jr., I think his name is. And um, anyway, they, he did uh, Kira Sedgwick, and he also did her husband, Kevin Bacon. And it turns out that they are like 10th cousins. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. That, that's so quite a lot not, of debts removed. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably all vaguely 10th to 12th cousins, but they didn't know that. And they're both from sort of uh, pilgrim families. So, well oh, to wow. do. Trust you <laughs> to pick up on that. You and your <laughs> genealogy, love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Linda's moved on as well because she's she's now back with oh, she's with back Andy. With <laughs> Andy, yes. Being with Andy's like being alone together. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a dork just. A blinder, doesn't he? <laughs> he really does such a good job yeah. with that ponytail. <laughs> oh, he, he just looks awful, Perfect. doesn't he? It's like, oh. it's like a neat ponytail. It's, it's just, oh. yeah. And the, yeah, the, the geeky specs as well. There's nothing wrong with specs, but he's got particularly geeky ones. Um, yeah. yeah he, it's a, that actor is actually a real comedian, a uh, chameleon, not comedian. <laughs> or he might be a comedian. I don't he's know, but I'm going to say this, a I He can really uh, yeah, change it up. Uh, James Legro. He's in loads of things. Big 90s actor anyway. Okay. Uh, Right. Then we have a bit of Blue Train. John Coltrane. Oh, yeah. I love this one. As Steve has his breakdown. At least he had some good records while he was having a breakdown. Yeah. What did we see? He's got... um... Train set. (laughs) Doesn't he? Oh, yeah, the train set. Yeah, he's playing, yeah, and there's pizza boxes strewn all over the place. Yeah, he's living the dream, baby. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, in modern day society, there's almost no need to leave the house at all, he said. Oh, man, <laughs> is that relatable right now? How much would I love to leave the house right now and go and see a live band? I know. Hey, um... Yeah, so Janet comes and checks checks in on her neighbour, doesn't she? Um, yep. He makes a weird pass at her, which is kind of gross. Yeah, and he's got the Highgate Ponds poster in the background of his room, which... Um, yeah, you yeah. noticed that. I, I never yeah. have. It struck me as... Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> I'm the apple. Um, yeah, so she tells them people need people, Steve, and they agree on a secret knocking code, and then there's that weird, uncomfortable kiss. 
And then we move on to Drown. Yes. Smashing Sorry, I was track. Just thinking, I was just thinking that there was a really good piece in um, Rolling Stone about how the actor who's playing Steve became really sarcastic and difficult to work with. But like when they, you know, who's okay for the first few weeks and then things started to get really, there's a lot of friction between him and Cameron Crowe and they had to have words. Oh, wow. Well, I wonder what that was about. A bit of a dick. <laughs> yeah. They sorted it out. But there's a really good article in Rolling Stone if you check it out there. Oh, they I'll let you. That. Yeah. Do you remember that they cut me off? You yes. Only, Have you subscribed you know, it for a while? No, I've got a new laptop and it doesn't recognize me. So uh. <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> Free Rolling Stone Shh, in your Don't face. tell. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, so you um, are wanting Drown, aren't you? Drown, yeah, have you got it? I do. It's so apparently Gordon I'm just going to say this because I was going to forget. I said the first time I recorded this that I put it on slow mixes and then we got to the end of the track and I realised that's a lie. Well, I did put it on, but I used to have to cut off the end. Okay. Because, you know, you fall asleep to your nice slow, yeah. or, or like your B-side is the nice chilled outside. But yeah, you do. That. Yeah, I didn't do that. I would have whole tapes that were either party tapes or streaming ah, tapes. We need to but, do a okay. mixtape episode. Yeah, totally do. Totally do. Do our faves because you know everyone had their staples, which was like your signature thing. Absolutely. If you found it in the street, you'd know whose it was. <laughs> yes, we will. Coming soon. Sorry. I interrupted you, carry on. Uh, no, cool. I was just going to say that apparently Smashing Pumpkins were recommended by Chris Cornell. Oh. Yeah. So I think this is playing whilst Cliff and Janet are back in the Jarvis stop and Cliff yes. is telling her the weird airport cookout <laughs> story. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, yeah, Janet rightly says, uh, Cliff, what are you talking about? Because it sounds utter nonsense. And he responds. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I miss them. I miss those planes. <laughs> Brilliant. And um, yeah, then we uh, we see the rose petals scattered on. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she 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 dump all the rose petals that in the bin. <laughs> yeah, in her, in a drawer, I think maybe along oh, yeah, with the poncia tape. Yeah, little yeah. bit. She doesn't bin it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, she puts it away out of sight. And then we have Bastards of Young for a bit by The Replacements. So a bit more Paul no. Westerberg, but in his band. Have you got that? I don't, I'm afraid. Never mind. Um, but I do have some dyslexic heart. Would you be interested in that? Go on then. Go on. <laughs> Jingle Jangle 90s is back. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind it at all. I just find waiting for somebody has played a bit too much throughout the film. Once would be fine. Like, Dyslexic Heart is, you know, with the lyrics, it's what the movie's about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. People screwing up and not knowing what they want, thinking they know what they want, and making the same mistakes, and not seeing the wood for the trees, and listening to their friends when they should be listening to themselves, and etc. etc. Exactly, and so it's appropriate at this point in the film as well. This is playing when, you know, the, the camera's panning over Seattle. And oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. We're, like, we're Dyslexic Heart had a baby with State of Love and Trust. It would give birth to the movie singles. <laughs> I 
such a bizarre thought. But okay, I'll give you that. The two perspectives, you know, the kind of cute, goofy, comedy dramery, and then the state of love and trust is way harder, you know, this shit will fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. Listen to yourself. Can't hear anything. Just going ahead anyway. Oh, I could be reading too much into it. I'll just uh, I'll just pipe down. Now. <laughs> but it could have ended up panning over Phoenix instead, because that is apparently where it was originally going to be set until Andy Wood died and Cameron Crowe saw how the whole kind of scene came together to mourn his loss and um, decided to shift it to Seattle instead. So it could have been pretty different backdrop and a pretty different movie, I think. Oh my god! Yeah, what band would have been featured then? Yeah, I don't couldn't know. have had the metal scene. It would have been really different. The Phoenix scene, <laughs> the Jim Blossoms from Arizona. Yeah, it would have been just all Jim Blossoms. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, anything else? Just, just the last. So I think the track that goes with the credits. Oh yeah, that's right. Bit of a uh, bit of love mongers. I love Mungas covering Led Zeppelin and being basically hot in a different outfit. Yeah, and being Led Zeppelin a bit as well, a lot. They don't yeah. really, you know, they, they don't really sort of veer from the way that they did it. No, not really. <laughs> you still tell it's hot though, can't you? She's got such yeah. a distinctive voice, Anne Wilson. It's great. It is great. I did always find it like I didn't know... When you know it's hot in the sisters, you you know, when you know, you know. But when I first got the soundtrack, I didn't know. I just thought it was some random, obviously quite obscure band because I'd never heard of them and never really heard of them again. Yeah, same. I wonder if it was like, so you guys, um, can you get together, you know, as my wife, Nancy, and my sister, Lauren, can you put something together, you know, be a, great to have you on the soundtrack and then it was just like two two eighties. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I do it think it, like, it. it. <laughs> it, it does feel account. yeah, it feels quite obvious to me that it was a like I want to include, you know, my other half in here somewhere. Because it, it doesn't I, I think it's great and I think it works on the soundtrack when you're listening to it, you know, alongside all of the other songs that are on the official soundtrack. But I'm not sure that it really fits the film. Yeah, that's exactly what I think too. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tagged on to the end. A little footnote. <laughs> well, um, we agree, folks. <laughs> Yay. I just had an extra little tidbit here that um, uh, there's the, the book that Janet is reading. Um, uh, I can't remember at which point in the film, but at some point she's reading a book called Psychotic Reactions and Carburetted Dung, which is by Lester Bangs, who was, of course, a big inspiration to, to Cameron Crowe. Yeah, I think it might be when she's on the roof, on yes. the lounger. It is when she's and on the she's roof, yeah. living her best life and she's gotten rid of him and she's like, I've always been able to do this. You're right. You're right. That is the point. Yeah. Thank you. Nice um, kind nods from Cameron to all the folks that raised him up. Yes. And, oh, and the other thing was that a working title for the film was Come As You Are as well. And that Cameron Crowe really wanted to have um, uh, Nirvana's song Emodium on the soundtrack. And 
yeah, Kurt didn't want to be involved, I don't think, but he did apparently go to the film premiere and like snuck in through the back door and watched it sneakily from the back. Yeah, yeah. So legend has it. Part part of me thinks that, uh, you know, Kurt sort of went down a quite a narrow lane there with what he was and wasn't going to do and then kind of you can't really walk back down so easily. You know, you have to keep going. Yeah. So, you know, that's probably, I think, why he made up with Eddie Vedder because they hadn't even fallen out. But, you know, there was this tension between them and stuff and all the press were talking about it. And then they had that little dance at the um, MTV Awards, didn't they? Yeah, it wasn't a proper rivalry. That reminds me, actually, there's a podcast um, that you should check out called Rivals, which is all about sort of big rock and roll uh, rivalries. Mm. And it talks about that rivalry or that non-rivalry. And it's, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting and quite sweet to listen to. That sounds good. I'm going to check that out. So speaking of uh, podcasts and things, have you got any credits? Yes. Rolling Stone, uh, Wikipedia. The Uncool, Paste Magazine, YouDiscoverMusic.com. I think that is it. Yep. <clears throat> Everything uh, else is from my vast knowledge of singles. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched it many, many times though. How about you? I will just mention another couple of um, podcasts. So Single Podcast Theory, great Pearl Jam podcast um, that have a great episode on singles. Um, the Dig Me Out uh, is a great music podcast as well. I've done one on singles. And, um, oh, I listen to Alec Baldwin's Here's the Thing podcast as well. Um, all about Cameron Crowe. I know, I know you're not supposed to like Alec Baldwin, but I can't help it. I think he's really funny. It's that rage thing again. He's funny. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Right. Well, um, it's uh, it's been a pleasure again <laughs> to been record this podcast blast. again. <laughs> yes. It's the third time lucky, Hannah. Well, let's hope so anyway, because I don't think I can really face a fourth time. <laughs> right. We'll just cut bits out of the film if this if this goes up the spout, won't we? Yeah, there was only there was only half a film ever. <laughs> yeah, the rest isn't worth listening to. Bye, thanks. <laughs> oh my god, what are we saying? <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, yes, so great. We will definitely be um, seeing you again, or you'll be hearing us again in the new year. And you can find us on Facebook. Society owes me a Gen X podcast. Same on Instagram. We're not very good at it, but we're also on Twitter. And... <laughs> uh, Gmail, <clears throat> Society Owes Me a Gen X Podcast at gmail.com. Please send us an email if you want to. Or a voicemail. Yeah, at Anchor FM, you can leave us a voicemail on our page. Thank and that'll you. be that. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.